The sermon preached at St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church of Hancock, Minnesota on September 30th, 2012, based on Psalm 91, verses 11 and 12. Please stand. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God through which the Holy Spirit strengthens our faith in our Savior's protecting promises is verses 11 and 12 of Psalm 91. You have it printed in the service folder under the sermon text and theme and parts. Psalm 91, verses 11 and 12. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. This is the word of our Lord. Please be seated. Dear friends in Christ, fellow saints, wash clean in the blood of our risen Savior. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Three weeks ago, you heard those words of the written by the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 6, as he urged us to put on the full armor of God so that we can withstand Satan's assaults. And in the sermon that day, we saw how God's word equips us for that spiritual battle. Now here in the text for today, we are reminded of some powerful, mighty allies we have in that spiritual warfare God's angels. He makes that promise here, doesn't he? He will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. What a promise. Angels, spiritual warriors guarding God's people. That's the theme here today. Part one, they guard you who know the Lord in faith. And part two, They guard you from Satan's snares. Keep those parts in mind as we focus on that theme. Angels, spiritual warriors guarding God's people. Now angels tend to be quite popular. Surveys usually come back saying about 80% of Americans believe in some sort of angels. And we see them in, in movies and TV shows, don't we? You probably could name a few of them. Touched by an angel, highway to heaven, it's a wonderful life, angels in the outfield. But we really need to forget the impression those shows give us about angels. For really beyond the concept that angels are good, they have hardly anything in common with what the Bible says. In fact, even the way they portray good doesn't really fit with what God reveals about his angels. For one, you see, angels are not sent by God just to serve anyone. God does not promise that his angels are guarding unbelievers. Even if that unbeliever has been falsely accused of embezzlement and is thinking of jumping off a bridge, and God doesn't promise to send his angels to help win a a baseball game either. But rather, the Bible says they serve God's people. For example, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14 says, Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? And as we look at Psalm 91 here, 
and focus on this wonderful promise that God commands his angels concerning you, the psalm is very specific about who the you is to whom God makes this promise. It's not to those people whom the world may consider to be upright kind of people. And it's not to those whom the world might say, well, they're down and out and need some spiritual lift. And it's not to those people who sort of look up to heaven and say, God, if you're up there, could you send an angel to help? That's not a prayer of faith. That's a prayer of unbelief. But rather the psalm is very clear here. To Or whom does the Lord promise to guard with his angels? Well, right away at the first verse of the psalm, it says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High. And if, if we're unclear about what that exactly means, in verse 14 of the psalm, the Lord says, Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. Whom does the Lord guard with his angels? Those who shelter under him, those who love him, those who acknowledge his name. Or we might sum that all up by saying, those who know him in faith. And that includes you, dear Christian friends, doesn't it? That includes you. For you know the shelter of the Most High. You know the shelter of the cross of Christ. For we have all been under that desert sun, that that beating sun that of our guilt. Yes, picture yourself out in the desert, the desert we were born into, with our guilt beating down on us like that hot, hot sun. The harder we try to run away from our guilt, the more dehydrated we became. became. And our own efforts to try to work out our guilt just wear us down. Trying to quench our thirst for forgiveness with the ways of this world is like eating the desert sand. Yes, that, that's the way our life was under the guilt of that desert sun. And like anyone lost in the desert, what comfort the shade or shelter would bring. And you know the shade. You know the shadow of the cross of Christ. Under the shadow of the cross of Christ, his cross, his blood has soothed your, our, our sin-scorched consciences. For Jesus took the full brunt of that burning sun of our guilt. He took that in our place so that the shadow of his cross falls on us. And in the shade of his grace, we drink in his forgiveness full and free. How much God has loved us that he gave his son. You know how the Lord loved you first and so we love him because he has given us his son. We acknowledge that the name of Jesus is the only name that saves. Yes, you dear Christian are under the shelter of the Most High For you love the Lord who loved you first. You acknowledge the name of Jesus. You know him in faith. You know that Jesus is your Redeemer who has ransomed you with his blood to be his very own people so that he is your Lord. 
And so this promise, dear friends, that he commands his angels concerning you, that promise is for you, dear Christian. It's not just for anyone who lives on the face of this earth, but it is for you who know the Lord in faith. And notice how he says here that he commands his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. So don't doubt. No matter what you're going through in life, don't doubt that the Lord has sent his angels to guard and protect you, for that is his promise. When the Lord says, all your ways, he knows what he's talking about. He knows that nothing is beyond his power, and so he can make that promise. All your ways. Now, of course, as Christians, as God's people, we want our ways to match God's way. This is not a blank check that we can do or follow whatever ways we want, whatever ways our earthly desires or sinful nature might lead us. Jesus made that clear during his temptations in the wilderness. Remember how Satan quoted this verse from the Bible? to tempt Jesus to jump from the height of the temple? Jesus corrected Satan's misuse of Scripture. He corrected it by using God's word itself. Quoting from Deuteronomy, he said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. And so also, dear Christians, as we take the Lord at his word here, we know that we don't have to test his promise. We don't need to see how far we can push it to see if God's angels are really going to guard me in all my ways. No, we take his word. At his word, we take it in faith. And in the same way, we don't need God to prove that his angels are guarding us by being able to point to some sort of miraculous intervention he had in our lives. His angels are at work even when we can't point to something that seems miraculous. Because his angels, his angels are working in the spiritual realm in, in, in ways beyond our physical senses, in ways beyond our perception or uh, ways that we can conceive. And yes, as they work in that spiritual realm, it, it often impacts our physical life here on this earth. But often in, it does so in ways that could be explained naturally. But that doesn't mean the angels aren't at work. We take God at his word here. He has promised that his angels are guarding and protecting. And that is what we believe. For you see, as God's people, we live under the shelter of the Most High. We we love the Lord who first loved us. We acknowledge the name of Jesus as our Redeemer, our Savior, our Lord. We live by faith as God's people, don't we? And so we take him at his word here. That his angels are at work. And no doubt they have rescued each one of us in many, many more ways than we could ever imagine. His angels are at work. That is his promise. And so faith hears the Lord's promises. And that is what faith believes. And so also you, dear Christian, you believe what the Lord has promised His angels are spiritual warriors guarding you, God's people. Guarding you who know the Lord in faith. And yet, 
And yet we may well wonder at times, why do we suffer so many different kinds of hardships and difficulties in life if if God's angels are really that powerful? In fact, if you think back to the, the, the sermon last week, we heard the Apostle Peter tell us very clearly that we should not be surprised at fiery trials or think it strange when we suffer as a Christian. For as we follow Jesus, we share in Christ's sufferings, the apostle told us. And and to our human way of thinking, that seems to contradict God's promise here when he says that his angels will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. But I think we need to look at this, though, a little more deeply with the eyes of faith here. What happens when you strike your foot against a stone? You trip and fall, right? And I know a fall can be more serious than simply a skinned knee. A fall can lead to a broken bone, a stay in the hospital. It can even be the first event in a deadly chain reaction. But what is the worst kind of fall? It's the fall from faith, right? And that's the fall that Satan is hard at work to engineer in your life and my life. He has laid his snares to trap us and catch us. But God's angels are guarding you from Satan's snares. And as we look at the psalm here, we see that the devil and his his plots to trap us and destroy our faith are, are pictured in several different ways. If you think back to hymn 440 that we sang in place of the psalm, Stanza two of the hymn says, Snares of the fowler will never capture you. And that's a paraphrase of verse 3 of the psalm here. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snares. We go about our daily life like a bird, hopping around, looking for its food, gathering materials for its nest, unaware that The bird catchers, the fowler's trap is right there, ready to capture it for dinner. And so also Satan has laid his snares for you and me. But as we follow Jesus and listen to his word, we need not fear the devil's traps. Though he has deep guile and great might, though his cunning and wiles are great, we need not fear. Because his angels, God's angels, are guarding you. They are keeping you safe from the devil's snares. They lift us up so that we do not have to be afraid as we follow Jesus. And a little later in the psalm here, we have different words that remind us of Satan and his cunning. Verse 13 of the psalm talks about the lion and the serpent. Now who is that roaring lion who prowls around looking for souls to devour? Who is that ancient serpent who led the whole world astray? Yes, the devil is hard at work trying to snare us and destroy our faith, but God's angels, God's angels are guarding you from Satan's snares. That is God's promise for you, dear Christian. But here again, our human way of thinking may well say, well, if God's angels are so powerful that they can protect me from Satan's snares, 
Why do these other bad things happen in my life? Why don't they protect me from from some of these other things? Well, the angels certainly have the power to do so. And as we've said before, they no doubt have protected you and me in our physical life here on this earth in more ways than we could even imagine. But isn't it true that often we need the hardships, troubles, sufferings, and losses of this life to keep us close to Jesus? Yes, of course that is true, because that's what God reveals in his word. Now, isn't it proper for the angels to let those earthly troubles happen to us in order that God can work that greater good that keeps us close to our Savior, Jesus Christ? And so the angels are not failing in their, their, their duty in any way. For it is through earthly hardships that our Heavenly Father disciplines us to bring us up as His own dear children. It is through our spiritual sufferings that we learn to cling to Christ and His Word alone. It is through the evils of this world that we learn to trust the Lord's promise that He works out all things. Yes, even the bad things. He works them out for good, as He says in Romans 8. And wouldn't it be wrong for the angels to preserve us from some sort of bodily harm that God wanted to use for an eternal good. And so by preventing that lesser harm, they also prevent the greater good. Even during our most difficult days in life, God's angels are at work. God's promise has not failed. They are guarding you and me from Satan's snares. And it's not just one guardian angel that's taking care of me or you. But the Bible clearly shows that God has a mighty host, an army of angels taking care of us, his people. No matter what kind of forces Satan may ally against you or me, God's angels are greater. Yes, our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against Satan's forces and his powers. But God's angels are greater. They are able and they do protect you, guard you and me from Satan's snares. For they are a mighty army. And maybe that's the way we can can close here today is with, with a picture of that mighty army of angels that's guarding and protecting you, God's people. This comes from 2 Kings chapter 6. This is during the ministry of the prophet Elisha who served the the northern tribes of Israel after the ministry of Elijah when the Lord had taken Elijah up to heaven in the whirlwind with the fiery chariots. During this time, Elisha then served as a prophet. And we see how the Lord opened the eyes of Elisha's servant when when they were at the city of Dothan. The setting is that Israel was at war against Aram. And through the prophet Elisha, the Lord would warn the king of Israel about where the Aramean army was camped so that the king of Israel could avoid it. And this angered the king of Aram. And so he sent out people to find out where this prophet Elisha was. And we pick up the account then in 2 Kings chapter 6. 
Then the king of Aram sent horses and chariots and a strong force to Dothan, where the prophet Elisha was. They went by night and surrounded the city. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes so he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And so, dear Christian friends, do not be afraid. Those who are with us are more than those who are with Satan and his evil forces. God's angels, they are spiritual warriors guarding you, God's people. Guarding you who know the Lord in faith. Guarding you and protecting you from Satan's snares. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.